By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Together we make BS. Right, Shelly? Absolutely. I got a new one for you right off the bat. Ready for this one? Sure. Okay, explain this one to me. Listen carefully. Ready? Uh-huh. The world's not a patch on our jeans. <laughs> Did you hear it? The world is not a patch on our jeans? I'll, one more time. The world's not a patch on our jeans. The world is not a patch in our jeans. What does that mean? Explain that to me. It's another another off-script Biden uh, thing. He's at some bridge. Bidenism? Well, it's so weird. He's at some bridge. I don't know if they're dedicating a new bridge or something. It's in Tennessee or something like that. And he, you know, hey, I want to th- welcome the governor and blah, blah, blah. Does all, hey, well, isn't this great? And then he goes off-script. And he goes on for like four minutes, and nothing makes any sense. And that one is probably the one. It's one more time, okay? One more time. I, I'm I'm still trying to figure it out. Okay, here we go. The world is not a patch in our jeans. The world is not a patch in our jeans. What does that mean? Do you have any idea what that means? The world is not a patch in our jeans. I, I don't know. I think it's actually too early in the morning to <laughs> well, <laughs> to go through. You know, you hear people. What it could be. You people. You hear people say like, you know, you got to get a you know early bird gets the worm. Okay, I get that. You know, all these crazy goofy sayings that people have had for years, right? Uh huh. The world is not a patch in our genes. Okay, now if you flip that around, he said our a world is a patch in our genes. The world is not a patch in, a not. Okay. in not a patch in our genes. Now, flip okay. that around if you said we're not a patch in the genes of the world, I could get that. You know, because you're thinking, okay, the genes are like, you know, and and not only that, here's the interesting part of it. Who patches their jeans anymore? Matter of fact, everybody rips them on purpose now. You buy yeah, rip- that's that's like a <laughs> right. You buy a fifty dollar pair of jeans if it's got holes in. Right, it. you buy ripped jeans on purpose. You know that's yep. that's the that's the whole. <laughs> is that still the in thing? The ripped jeans. Um. Yeah. I you know I I knew a guy once upon a time. And matter of fact, I don't know if the company's still around. Let me let me see if um, the company was called. This is my crazy memory. I can remember things like that. I haven't talked to this guy probably in 20 years. Uh, it was called, the company Are was called. Are you going to call him this no, morning? No, I don't have his phone number. Sussman Wiping Materials. Okay, let me see if they're still around. M-A-T-M-A-T-E-R-I-A-L-S. Sussman Wiping, wiping Materials. Okay. Yeah, still around. Uh, open corner. Uh, you know, cage. Sussman wipe, Wiping Materials. Alston Nurse. Uh, oh, in '65, something that went to went to the Supreme Court. Um, Sussman.pdf. I guess it's still around. And there's still still stuff shows up. Uh, register address, East DeSoto. Yeah, six three one four seven. Okay. He told me the story that what they mainly do is wiping materials. That they sell wiping cloths for like the automotive industry and and industries. In other words, if you're going to paint something. There's a certain kind of cloth, like you're in automotive, there's a certain kind of cloth you use to wipe the car down before you paint it, like auto body guys. And it's a certain kind of cloth that doesn't have any little fibers that fall off, fall off of it because of the fact that there's a thing, but right before you paint a car, 
you're supposed to wipe it down with what they call um, degreaser. It's like cleanser degreaser. So in other words, what it does, it takes off anything on that finish that you're you know repainting that could possibly make that paint ultimately come off. In other words, anything on that fish finish finish any on the finish finish oh, of the car. Okay, I didn't hear a- that. Anything on the finish of the car. Okay, he told me this story about they did all sorts of other things. Like for example, he said they were making tons of money. Now, this is what's funny about this. This is going back like 20, 30 years ago. They were making tons of money by selling worn-out jeans to Russia. That they would go, they had a deal with like with like Goodwill. And Goodwill, when people brought them clothes, if the clothes were like, let's say they were, and especially jeans, if the jeans had holes in them, once again, this is back in the day, Goodwill would not resell them. So in other words, if somebody donated a box of clothes and and then when they went through them, oh, it's got the knees blown out in this one. Oh, this one's got a, you know, a, a tear in the butt. They would essentially just put them in a big, a big, like, you know, thing on a, on a, on a skid. You know, they had like, you ever seen those before? Like a pallet. Well, like, yeah, pallet, but it was like the kind that had like the, like the cardboard sides. You know what I'm talking about? You see them like in the grocery stores, they have, they have like, uh, you know, fruit and stuff like that in them. You know, it, you, you need like a, a forklift or like, or like a, you know, a pallet jack to, to, you know, use it. Okay. So he said they would, they would get them. And when they got a whole 40 foot shipping container full of them, they had a shipping container at their office. They, when they got a whole 40 foot shipping container, they would ship them to Russia because at the time you couldn't get jeans in Russia. And at the time, Russia was like, if you were cool, too cool for school in Russia, you had jeans, and especially Levi's. If you had Levi's jeans in Russia, you were you were like, you know, the bee's knees, so to speak. And he said they made tons of money like that because Goodwill would give them these jeans. And, you know, so in other words, they had no money in them. The other only money they had in them was shipping, the shipping, you know, the shipping cost. And they would just put this thing on the boat, go over to Russia, take it off Russia, and then the companies over there would buy them and they'd sell them in clothing shops. I'm going like, God, that's so weird. Stuff we throw away is worth so much somewhere else. And once again, the that idea, is very true. Well, and the, the idea being is that you can't buy you can't buy Levi's jeans in Russia. I mean, look, we've gone we've gone through this again because of the fact that now the deal with Russia is you know where there's all these embargoes. You can, there's a lot of people that you can't you can't American businesses can't do business with Russia anymore. They can't sell them this because of the fact that that happened ever since last year when when Putin invaded Ukraine. And there's certain things you can't sell to Russia anymore. And anyway, I don't know how I got there. How did I get there talking about holy jeans? Um, you got there oh, by, no, by Biden. Six degrees of separation <laughs> no, no, of Kevin no, Bacon. No, Biden said, Biden says, The world's not a patch on our jeans. Whatever that means. <laughs> you know, you mean that there's a hole that needs to be filled. I don't know. The world is not it. I, maybe that's it. I don't know. I mean, you know, what's interesting about this is, let's do the flip test and the, the Tony Colombo flip test, okay? If this were Donald Trump in the office saying weird stuff like this, this would be on the front page of every newspaper. It would be on the, on the very first, what they call the A block in all the newscasts. You know, the very first thing they go to, like when they start a newscast, they call that the A block. 
Uh, that would be in the A block in newscasts. And Donald Trump once again said something that didn't make any sense today. Let's go to Jim Smith. Jim, uh, that's right, Bill. I'm here in Tennessee where Donald Trump was dedicating a new bridge, and this is what he said. And you know, and then they would and then they would bring an expert. Here's Joe Smith, who's a clinical psychologist, and he's going to analyze what Donald Trump said. Mr. Dr. Smith, what did he say? I don't know. It's so wigged out and so whacked out. This guy needs to be put in an insane asylum. He doesn't need to be president of the United States. He needs to be put away. Do you agree with me or not? That if it were Trump saying this kind of stuff, people go like, oh, my God. Remember, they they would probably try to get it down to well, the gnats, but. They tried on how much uh, he was involved and how much no, trouble he could get. They into. would they would just say that he doesn't know what he's talking about. They would try yeah. they would try to twenty fifth amendment him. You know what the twenty fifth amendment is? Um, isn't that like the Baker Act? No, no. The twenty fifth amendment has to do with the fitness of a president, which essentially outlines the. Well, that's kind of like a Baker Act. What's a Baker Act? Never mind, Brad. No, no. What's a Baker Act? Never mind. Okay, you got my in, you got my interest up. Oh my you, God, you are know, you going to Wikipedia it? You know, I'm a, I'm a curious kind of guy. And you are a curious kind of guy. <laughs> when you say something like that, uh, the Baker Act is this where these guys come out on? Is this like a strip show over in? It was like it was the men. It's like sort of like the. Uh, what is it? What do they call those guys? The uh, not at all. No. What are what are the what are the guys the the, the dudes that strippers? Yeah. What are, what are the the Chippendales? Is it like the, yeah. the the Baker Act where a bunch of these guys come out like with their Baker hats on? The Florida Mental Health Act of 1971, commonly known as the Baker Act, allows the involuntary institutionalization and blah 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 blah. But it's a Florida mental. It's, here, hold on a minute. It's a federal law. But it says the Florida Mental Health Act. Baker Act, according to this, it's just in Florida. No. Legislation was nicknamed the Baker Act after Florida Democratic State Senator Maxine Baker, who served from 1963 to 1972. She had a strong interest in mental health issues. Nickname has led to the term Baker Act as a transitive verb, and Baker acted as a passive voice verb. Can we do those anymore? I mean, can we do transitive verbs and... And passive voice verbs, isn't that... I don't even know what that is. Isn't that illegal? You know, it, like, you, you can't use pronouns. I didn't think you'd use trans... Okay, you don't know what that is? I'm going to click on transitive verbs. It's got a link. A transitive verb is a verb that accepts one or more objects. For example, to enjoy in Donald enjoys music. So this contrasts with intransitive verbs, which do not have objects. For example, to arise in Donald arose. Transitive, transivity is traditionally thought of as a global property of a clause by which activity is transferred from one agent to a patient. Transitive verbs can be classified by the number of objects they require. Verbs that, ex- that accept only two arguments, a subject and a single direct object, are mon- monotransitive, monotransitive. You know, <laughs> when you were in school, do you remember diagramming sentences? I do, actually. Uh, okay. Remind me, a little bit after 7 o'clock, I'm going to call my niece and ask her, because she teaches, what, I think she teaches in the in the middle school level. I'll find out. Do they still diagram sentences? Remember that? we had. To... I don't know. They don't even do multiplication or cursing anymore, so well, I doubt if, that, <laughs> if they're not doing that kind of stuff, I doubt that they're doing. Were, were you any good at, at diagramming sentences? 
No, but I was really good at Boolean algebra. See, I sucked at diagramming sentences. I, 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 to me, it was like it was like speaking Greek. So this is like Greek right here. Transitive verb is a verb that accepts one or more objects. For example, to enjoy, in Donald enjoys music. The transitive, this contrasts with intransitive verbs, which do not have objects. For example, to arise in Donald arose. I don't get it. I. And here I talk. Blah for, blah 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 no, blah blah. I talk for a living, and I have no idea what that means. <laughs> is that terrible? It no. But, it's it's a completely it's, understandable. It's like some of these famous musicians. Who can't read music? You know what I mean? I mean, yes. If, if but they they are self-taught. Well, going back to Nick Cannon, who last year had five kids by five different women, but that's a whole other oh, story. Oh Lord! Okay, stop it. I think his first big breakout role in movies was Drumline, which is an excellent movie. You ever seen that movie before? I have. I mean, and he is excellent in the movie. And the guy who is his band director is just I can't remember that guy's name he is so good in that movie everybody in that movie is good and one of the buzz uh one of the buzzwords in there are one of the the main points in the movie is he was this incredible drummer but he couldn't read music he was just a natural born drummer I mean just had you know just could you know pick up a riff and stuff like that and just take off with it and I'm amazed there are lots of people like that like for example I can read music but I was never a very good musician you know, I can, I, to this day, I can read music. Matter of fact. That's because you were pouting because your mom wouldn't let you be a drummer. That's right. To, to this day. Pow, 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 To pow. this day, every time I hear a music, I have a piece of music that's got like an accented triplet, you know, it comes back to me. My band teacher who would say a triplet is when you play it, it's one triplet, one triplet, two triplet. There's like, there's like, there's three triplets together. One triplet, two triplet, three triplet. That's the pacing. Dun, 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 dun. That would be like, you know, three triplets in a row. And it stuck with me. And sometimes I'll be driving along and I'll hear a song that has an accented triplet and I'll go, one triplet. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. It just bulk. That's pretty cute. Clicks in my head. You know, it's like, you know, and, and, and for example, like some of those music I like, you know, listening to like Leonid Friends, Chicago and things like that. They yep. have that brass thing where they hit the first part of the note, dah, and then they back off. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like a stab, like a dah. You know what I'm talking about? Really hit the beginning of the note and then sort of fade out. I can still tell you what the little diagram in the music would be for that. You know, there's a little thing that goes over the note. You know, it shows you what to do with that. But yet, I sucked at playing because Brad Butte was always better than me. Who? <laughs> See, I told you the weird thing was. One year in high oh, school. All, they were all named Brad. Yes. One year in high school. Three trombones in the band. I was one of them. Brad Butte, Brad Hildebrand, Brad Cox. There were three of us. And the teacher would, and, he, and, and my good old, you know, music teacher would just call us by our last name. Anybody else in the band, he called by his first name. But we were either Cox, Butte, or Hildebrand. Isn't that weird? I mean, not a very common name. I mean, nowadays, you know, like my daughter. I told you the story. One time my daughter got an award when she was in high school. And she's her name's Amanda, and she was like one of eight Amandas. And I always wanted to name her Gabrielle. And after the awards was over, I go, Amanda, you know, there were eight Amandas, you and seven other Amandas. If you were a Gabrielle, you would have been the only Gabrielle there. And she looked at me, didn't bat an eye, and she said to me, I would rather be one of eight Amandas than to be one Gabrielle. I go, whoa. <laughs> we sure don't like that name, do we? <laughs> Evidently not. <laughs> okay, it's 6.30. You know, that's Louis Capaldi. That's not his real name. You know his real name is Shelley? 
Um, he's got some. Biff in- Armstrong. <laughs> I don't know. He's got some interesting name. Broward v. Dillon. Broward, okay, Mr. Broward, Dillon. Broward Mr. v. Dillon. Dillon. And they call him BVD for short. BVD. You're missing where I'm going with that, it's aren't better you? better than BVD. You're missing where I'm going with that. <laughs> Never mind. BVD, get it. What was he prancing around in his BVDs? Oh, no, but <laughs> you saying BVD. Bravo Victor Delta. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Never mind. Okay. I get it, Brad, by the way. I got a call and last break. Someone informed me that Shelly is being super modest. Not only does Shelly know exactly what what our president was saying yesterday, or I don't know if it was yesterday, that was Tuesday, when he said that crazy saying that doesn't make any sense. She was, that our president was actually talking, Shelly was there in Tennessee, talking to our president, Joe Biden. Uh-huh. And they sent me a copy of the conversation. Oh, please. <laughs> this is Shelly. She goes up to the president and shakes his hand, and he looks at her and he says, The world's not a patch on our jeans. And she says, All we want to do is... And then he looked at her and he said, The world's not a patch on our jeans. And she said, All we want to do is... And then he said, The world's not a patch on our jeans. And then she said, All we want to do is... Why didn't you tell me with the president? Because if I told you, I would have had to kill you. <laughs> Maybe you would be doing me a favor lately. I'm telling Stop you. Stop it. <laughs> okay. Making my head. Um, I, I coached all three of my sons played Little League Baseball. And my oldest son, I helped coach the team. I didn't with my middle son. <laughs> Matter of fact, <laughs> You know, one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to me when I was involved with my middle son in baseball? No, what? The guy who was, you know, this is sort of one of these stories that sort of makes you, you know, my middle son really didn't want to play baseball. You know, I didn't, I didn't force him. i go, hey, you know, okay, I'll do it. And, you know, he was okay. He just never was really into it. And one time in a game, the guy who was the coach of our team was a doctor. And one time, my wife was sitting there on the sidelines watching the kid play, and he didn't realize that she was right behind him. And he was over there talking to one of the other mothers on the team. And one of the other mothers on the team said, everybody looks out, looks really good out there, except that Hildebrand kid. And he said, well, the only reason I have him on the team is because his father pays for the uniforms, which I did at the time. And my wife was standing right behind him. Uh. <laughs> and what did she do? <laughs> she she's you know my better half because I would have punched the guy. <laughs> she didn't say anything. And then when he walked away, he saw her standing right there and I think he was a tad bit embarrassed. But you know, anyway, the reason I bring that up is now they're talking about this deal with the 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 guy, the uh, Buffalo Bills player who had the heart attack on the field uh-huh. on Monday night. And I didn't even realize this. Do you know in most of the leagues, uh, like little league teams, the pitcher has to wear a chest protector? Did you know about this? I did not. Neither did I. And 
I've I've read all sorts of things since that you know terrible thing happened where the guy had a heart attack and his heart stopped beating on the field and they're doing CPR and then they're they're defibbing him and the whole bit that there's some split second where if you get bounced in the chest hard in other words you take a chest uh, you know impact in the chest there's some split second where if that impact hits at the exact microsecond it interrupts the electrical impulse that makes the heart beat and it essentially stops it and the idea behind the kids wearing chest protectors especially the pitchers is if they get hit by a, a, a you know line drive back off the bat it hits them in the chest apparently the younger you are the more you sub- are susceptible to having this I can't remember, it's some weird name, blah 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 or something like that. The more you're susceptible to having your heart stop by having this impact on your chest at that split second. And I'm going like, okay, here we go. You know, the NFL, next year, the guys are going to come out, out you, know, where it's, you know, they're going to have the pads on their shoulders. They're going to big old knee, like a big old chest pad, like, a, like you know, the umpires used to wear what they call the, you know, the some of yeah. the umpires, we used to have what we, I used to umpire, and we had, most of the guys would use, I would use it with a foam block. You know what the foam block was? No. It was like a big, a big block of foam that had like a couple straps in the back and had like a dent. It looked in like it. a turtle. Yeah, you put it, you put it up underneath your chest, and the idea behind it yeah. was that the nice thing about it was, especially in the summer, you didn't have to wear it all the time because the umpire's out there in the field all the time. The catcher, you know, at you know, at if when he's out in the field, he's wearing it, but when he goes back on the bench, he typically takes off his equipment because he's got a bat. So the umpire would wear the you know the typical chest protector, you know, the entire game. It got hot, at least with the foam block. You could uh, pu- you know you could put it down, and not only that. You could tuck it right up underneath your chin, right underneath you know your face mask, so you wouldn't get one in the throat. You know, I mean, you know, you know, and and not only that, it would. Thank you for that little detail. Well, it happens, and you protect, you know, you protect your. Now, if you watch the Major League Baseball umpires, you know, they all were wearing like to me like practically nothing. You know, they're wearing something under their shirt, and their arms. Every once in a while, you'll see an umpire take a nasty foul tip or just like a wild pitch or like, you know, something that bounces off the ground and the catcher misses it. Sometimes, and I this happened to me when I was umpiring some higher games, the catcher would purposely miss the ball and I would catch it. My knee or something like that on purpose. Coach was to tell him to do that. Why? So you'd, so the umpire would get hit. They didn't like a call you made. Next pitch, pitcher, the, the pitcher, I mean, the catcher just might, you know, ease out and let it hit the umpire. On purpose, send him a message. Hey, you blew that call. You do it again. We're gonna get. We're gonna get you in the family jewels. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. Seriously. Okay. But anyway, I thought it was interesting because of the fact that, and I heard this guy talk about it, in some states, it's mandated by like a state law protecting kids that, and I think he said Texas is this way that if you are a um, coach in a Texas, it might be like, I, 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 the way he ex- explained it, it sounded like a state law, that if you are a coach of a Little League baseball team and your pitcher does not have a chest protector on, you could be thrown out as a uh, coach for the rest of that season, and if you do it more than once, you are barred from ever coaching a Little League baseball game again. I'm going like, Aww. man, I've never heard of that one before. You know, anyway. Boy, that's tough. 
And that, that poor guy is still in critical condition. I mean, yeah. I mean, how bizarre is that? But see, here's the thing. And I know people are going to get mad when I say that. That's the risk you take. When you walk out there on the football field, if you've ever stood on the sidelines at an NFL game, you think it's rough when you watch it on TV. When you're down there in the field and you're up close and personal and you hear the sounds of those guys hitting each other and you see, I mean, up close and personal, the impact those guys take, I don't know how they do it. I mean, I would last like three plays in the NFL and I would be like on a stretcher. You know what I mean? They'd well, go, you are a delicate flower, Brad. <laughs> a delicate flower. No, I would, they would, you know, once again, I'm a guy with multiple broken bones throughout my life. But, I, you know, what are they going to do with that? Are they going to, you know, are, and, and once again, if you're a car driver, you're a race car driver, there's a risk that you could die in a crash. And unfortunately, there's been, on several levels of car racing, there's been gazillion people killed in car racing. If you're a parachutist, if you're like, if you're, a, you know, uh, that's one of your hobbies, you you know, you're a parachute dude or dudette, people that get killed, you know, they, they shoot doesn't open properly or the lines get tangled or when they come down, they hit a power line or something like that. There's a guy, there's a couple guys that run these channels on, on YouTube that, they they started to go over these accidents, the GA general aviation accidents of like you know guys flying their Cessna 152s and their Piper Cubs and things like that. Every month, there's like 30 or 40 pilots killed every month. I mean, it's like it's like okay, how are there any pilots left and how are there any aircraft left? I mean, it's bizarre. And you're going like, wow, bizarre? How bizarre? I know, but think about that for a minute. I mean, every month, you know. We got cars out there in the highway. You know, you go look at 270, uh, you know, like in the afternoon, southbound 270 from 40 down to 44. It's typically bumper to bumper. Okay, how many thousands of cars are there? And don't you think it's amazing that day after day after day after day, there's no accidents? That like, let's say sometimes you'll go a whole week and there won't be like a big accident on 70 or 270 or 44, you know. And it's like, okay, think of all the thousands of cars. They're like Interstate 70, when I used to be the traffic reporter, we used to get these maps back in the day. Interstate 70 in St. Charles, and this has been a long time ago, had a daily volume of like at Fifth Street of like 120,000 cars. Every day, 120,000 cars, you know, that's in both ways, would pass I-70 at Fifth Street every single day. It's probably 150, 175,000 cars now. And you're going like, okay, how, how amazing is it that people are driving, not necessarily paying attention, talking on their phones, you know, uh, texting, you know, half asleep, drunk, drugged, stoned, whatever. How amazing is it that we have that volume of traffic and there aren't like 40 people killed every day in the highways in St. Louis? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're driving nice. Well, they're not driving angry. And, and then come Shelly along at 90 and just screws everything up. Right? I do not drive 90 to... I was going to say 90 degrees. <laughs> Wait till I tell you this story next hour. This story uh-huh. with the guy, this, what is his name? Brian Koberger. This story gets weirder and weirder, and this is another perfect example of don't believe anything you hear in the news. Don't believe anything because— And believe only half of what you see. No, don't believe it because I'll give you the reason for that. This is so bizarre. We talked about this the other day where he got pulled over in Indiana twice. Remember I told you the story? Uh Uh-huh. And there's an interesting story behind that story that it's like, okay— so what you told us the other day was a lie, which it turns out it was. It was a lie. And what the spokesperson for the Indiana State Police 
came out and said was an absolute positive lie. And I'll tell you the reason behind that. Okay. Okay. It is 647. Hey. It is BS. Show. Your favorite guy, Shelly, Post Malone. <laughs> hey, he got his teeth fixed. I'm all, I'm all good. Shelly, I think it's funny every time I think of him. I know you Shelly got all upset because she saw pictures of him and it looked like his teeth were rotten. She goes, and she'd always did go. They, did it not? Oh, you're right. It did. And I'm she'd like, go like, that guy needs dental teeth? work. The guy's making all sorts of money needs dental work. Turns out. His teeth weren't rotten. They were encrusted with gold. Wasn't that what it was? Gold and diamonds or something like that? They had yes, like a veneer of gold and diamonds on the front of his teeth? <laughs> yep. Shelly didn't know that. Well, neither did I. I was like, okay, he does look like he needs some dental work. you know? He does. And I'm like, hmm. Okay. Sometimes the headline writers in the newspaper business have fun with at the expense of what the story is. Hold on a minute. I got a cough. That is true. Okay. There was a headline in the Post-Dispatch this weekend. It was talking about year in review. You know, all these, hey, year in review. This is what, 2022. And the article talked about various things that happened. And the, the headline says, Post Malone falls hard for St. Louis. Okay. Do you know the story behind that? No. He fell through a hole in the stage when he was oh, on, I did when he was that. on stage here in St. Louis, and then had to cancel like a couple concerts after that because he was in such bad shape. Apparently, like he had bruised ribs. I mean, thank God he didn't kill himself or break anything. But I'm going like, okay, somewhat inappropriate headline. Falls hard for St. Louis. Yeah, right. He fell through. It's one of these things where you see this sometimes where where like this, you know, like the the people will come up through a hole in the stage, you know, like dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of a thing. I don't know if they have that out at Riverport, but if you watch some of these videos of like some of the acts in, in Las Vegas, they have the deal where like there's one with um, what's her face? Um, a man, I feel like a woman. Da, 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 da. You know what I'm talking about? You know her, I right? I do. Okay. One of it where she does that song and she comes out of out of the, the floor. In other words, she's like on a on a lift and she comes bloop, comes up through the floor. You don't believe me? I do believe you. Okay, the smartest woman sent me this article the other day, and this is out of NBC Chicago, and this is a guy who's driving along Highway One in California. Highway One is this beautiful highway that just you know hugs the cliffs. In especially in Southern California, I think it goes all the way up the coast. Never rains there. Yeah, it never rains in Southern California. Anyway, it, well, the other, it does now because they've had like they've had torrential rains in California. Anyway, um, he drove his Tesla off a cliff on Highway One, and the car went 300 feet down the cliff. His wife and two kids were in the car. Nobody killed, but they booked him. Because they say he did it on purpose. They arrested him for attempted murder and child abuse after investigators say they believe the crash was intentional. Is this bizarre or what? It's a little on the odd side. I'm not going to lie. But but supposedly at first what he was claiming, because it was a Tesla, he said he had it on autopilot. And that the car just drove off the road. And they said, no, that's not the case. Now, here's the amazing thing about this is. He drives off of Highway 1, goes two to 300 feet down a cliff. That's what the article says, two to 300 feet down a cliff. And he, his wife, and two kids survive. Isn't that an ad for Tesla? I mean, isn't that I like, think so. I mean, like, hey, look at this. 
This Unless car it truly was an intentional well, act. But if it were an accident, I mean, it's like a car goes off because you always see this in the movies. You know, like you know, a car goes off a cliff. Oh, and it hits the bottom of the cliff and boom, explodes. You know, gasoline. Yes. You know, boom, big ball of fire. They cut him out of the car. They lived. Now they're not in the best of shape, but they lived. I'm going like, wow. That's that. What does that tell you about a Tesla? I mean, that's like. I thought you were going to say, and it floated. No, no, it hit. It just went off the cliff. You know. Now, if we ask, if we, ask, if we ask, hold on a minute. I got to find it. Uh, hold on a minute. Uh, here, where is it? Hold on. Uh, if we asked John Kennedy about how what Teslas, you know, Tesla, you know, what he'd say about Teslas. What's that? He'd say. He's tough. He's tough as a pine knot. He'd call a pine knot. He's tough. By the way, this okay. thing, if you're following politics, this is turning into like a circus in the House. You know what I'm talking about? No, because I don't follow politics. Okay, the session started, what, Tuesday? And our, our this is the, the, you know, the next congressional session or whatever it is. It's after the break. Matter of fact, the, the Missouri Congress started yesterday. We'll talk about that next hour. But... Uh, it started Tuesday, and they have to elect a new Speaker of the House. Since now the Republicans control the House, there's more Republicans than Democrats in the House. And this guy by the name of Kevin McCarthy is trying to become the next president or the next Speaker of the House, and he needs 218 votes, and he can't get them. They've had like six votes so far, and they keep uh-huh. voting and voting and voting and voting and voting. And 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 what's happened is there are some the new reps who have dug in their heels and go like, hey, we're not voting for you. We think you're a rhino. Republican in name only, R-I-N-O, for those of you. Oh, okay. Yeah, Tracy, I'm like, hmm, Tracy, okay. Ellis, Tracy Ellis taught me all about that. Anyway, uh, so... I'm sure she did. <laughs> they're, 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 they're still going around and around and around. And because of this, nothing can happen in the Congress. Until they have a Speaker of the House, nothing can happen. I'm thinking to myself, you know it would be good? If this just goes on the rest of the year. Because if they're not grinding out new laws, we're all in better shape. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Every day, so like you know, like the end of this year, well, we're on vote number 3,562, and we still don't have a Speaker of the House. Great. You know, maybe they'll call Nancy back in. Hey, Nancy. Oh, stop it. We miss you. I mean, you were really... See, I have a lot of respect for her. I, I'm a big Nancy Pelosi fan. You think I'm kidding. I'm dead serious. Okay. I mean, she's a perfect example. Whatever a man can do, a woman can do better. She did okay. it, and she did it well for all those years. Okay? You don't believe me, do you? Whatever you say. It's it's six fifty nine. We have to take a break. We'll be back. Break. It's BS Show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Shelly asked me during the break, who was that? That's Celine Dion. She came out. Did you hear this story a couple weeks ago, right before Christmas? She came out and talked about this disease she has. No, I, I'm not kidding when I tell this. It's some weird disease where your body goes stiff, where like you you start to the point where you can't bend over. You can't. It's it's not arthritis but it's some kind of weird disease that that and that's what she's got and that it limits her mobility and she can't sometimes she can't walk she it causes problems with her arms i mean she's had some some rough i mean you know she's not she that has. old she's 54 that's you know that's that's all she she's is she's young yeah right and remember for a while there it looked like she was a skeleton you know what i mean she got real yes. skinny and I was just- thinking that actually well that was after her husband died she was married to the guy for a long time she um, was you know she didn't him through she didn't speak english until she was like 20 did you know that i did not know yeah that. she's she's from uh quebec canada 
Yeah, and she's in the the part. You know, that that's one of the provinces uh, where some people speak English and some people don't. Some people speak French and some people don't speak English, and a lot of them are bilingual. But um, anyway, the reason I mention that is. If you've ever watched this, and once again, every once in a while, someone will send me a video. Wow, you got to watch this. This is really amazing. She had this tour, I think it was probably eight or nine years ago, called the Taking Chances Tour. And they did a great big uh, DVD set on that. I think you can still buy it. I think it's available on Amazon. I've been tempted to buy it, where she does this show that's just incredible. I mean, you don't realize how talented someone is till you see them in concert and you see them not miss a note. You know, a very, uh, you know, uh, was down in the round where the stage was in the middle of the arena. I think this was someplace in Boston, wherever it was, at Boston Gardens, where they play hockey at. And it's got a really complicated set where various people are on like risers. They come out of the ground, they go up and they down, go down when the piano guy is playing. He comes up and she just knocks it out of the park. It's an amazing concert. Um, and she does that song and she does uh, the Titanic song. She does um, um, All By Myself, the, uh, you know, the Eric Carmen song, which has got the old right. uh, the symphony music in it, the whole bit. Anyway, it's pretty interesting. And I can remember the very first time I heard her, I was working out at the gym, believe it or not. And the gym I was working out had the old Q106.5 on, which is gone. That radio station is now, what is 106.5? Oh, that's the Arch. Anyway, I heard the song. I thought to myself, who is that? Because it's like her big hit. I never heard it before. And, you know, back then there was no Shazam. There was none of that kind of stuff. And it wasn't until like a couple days later, somebody, oh, have you heard this new artist out of, out, out of Canada? No, what's her name? Celine Dion. I go, what if that's the gal I heard the other morning? Sure enough, it was her. Okay. We have to settle an argument here. What does it have? Was it the same argue as yesterday? No. Well, it's not an argument, a discussion we talked about last hour of diagramming sentences. Oh, okay. I'm cool with that. I'm going to go to, I'm going to call this thing, and I don't know if she's going to be, she might be on the road already. She might not be back to school yet. Hold on a minute. Let's dial it. This is my niece, Christy. Let's see if she's out there already. Normally, this time of the day, she's driving her kids to school, and then she's at school herself. She's a teacher. I may have caught her too early. That's 710. She should be in the road. Good morning. Are you driving? I am. Are hands you? free. Okay, you're on the air, so no potty mouth, okay? Oh, okay, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last... And you have children in the car. So. I know. Okay, okay. Uh, this is Christy. <laughs> and, and what grade do you teach now? Seventh. Okay, and here's my question to all teachers. How long till retirement? Oh, 10 years. How many months? Actually closer to nine, maybe nine. <laughs> So, so nine years, eleven months. How many days? How many seconds? How many hours? <laughs> Come on, I know. What you, I don't have that. When you, when when Jackson graduates is when I can retire. Okay. Last hour <laughs> we talked about we talked about the fact that there was there was something that had to do with the language and diagramming a sentence and transitive verbs. Okay. Do you still teach diagramming of sentences in school? Um, I don't teach ELA, so. <laughs> No, no, Honestly? no, no, no. Do you, do you do you teach diagramming of of sentences? You know what I mean, like in English. Um. Well, kids, do you guys do that? What? what? Teach diagramming of sentences. What's that? <laughs> well, when my kids are saying, "What's that?" So, so a little bit. What is it? <laughs> I mean, they still do like the punctuation. Bad. They talk about. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, we do that. You know, different bit. types of words and and. But didn't you, you know, when when you were in school, didn't you do diagramming of sentences? I think we did. Yeah. What I year, don't know where it's explicitly taught anymore, though. What year did you graduate from high school? 97. Okay, so in other words, you were in like uh, grade school in the late 80s uh, and then and, and early 90s, correct? Uh, yeah, I started, my freshman year was 93. Okay, so, so and you would have been in, you would have been in like grade school in the late 80s, like if you started yeah. like, okay, mm-hmm. and so you, you don't ever remember doing this yourself? Not real. I mean, like this thing know. talked about transitive verbs and, you know, object of the sentence yeah. and stuff like that. And and back well, in the day, I know that our school talks about like transition type of words to use. You know, remember the conjunction junction. What's your function? Yeah, right. the schoolhouse rock. Right. Like I remember that stuff. Yeah. Right, I know. There's a reason I teach. There is a reason I teach math. <laughs> right, right. Because because you're a brainiac. That's why the reason you teach math. I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah, yeah. Christy was always going like. Brad, can I help you with your one plus one plus two? Okay, yeah, Christy, help me, because uh, uh, she was she was doing she was doing advanced calculations and stuff. Or you know, no, she she always liked the alphabet because she's always X, Y, and Z, right? She's solving for X, Y, and Z, right? Isn't that what it is? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So it sounds like from if you don't know what I'm talking about, it sounds like if your kids don't know what we're talking about, it sounds like you don't diagram sentences anymore. Then would that be a safe bet then? I think not. Hey, do do me. Do Peyton me. is saying yes, but oh. I don't think in the way that we did it back in the eighties. Like oh. I think they get a little more creative now. Can you do me a favor? Can you, when you get to school, yes. when you see some of the teachers at school, because you teach math, ask some of the teachers that teach English if they do this still. Would you do that I for will. me? And, I, I will do that, and I will text you. Okay, I appreciate. It. Thank you so much. Have a good Alrighty. day. Bye. Hey, bye. Bye, Jackson. <laughs> And by uh, by Manning. Manning. By Manning. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Her, her daughter's name is Peyton, and I call her Manning, and she gets mad about that. You know who Peyton Manning is? Football player? Yes, I do, Brad. Are you still there? Okay. Okay. I'm still there. So it sounds like they How don't. How could I miss Christy? <laughs> it sounds like they don't do diagramming of sentences. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I got that. Here's another example. And once again, I am not here to point fingers i'm here to ass- oh okay <laughs> i'm here to essentially say it's a good thing you're not going to point fingers brad you are lied to on so many different levels by a government okay let's just be honest they don't oh, please no seriously hey wait till i tell you the story Ugh. okay the guy the they they now he's back in idaho the guy who is suspected of killing these four poor college kids in idaho in moscow idaho okay and remember the story was part of the reason they they looked on about they, they came upon him because remember we told the story one of the ladies who worked at the gas station on her night shift she th- decided because they didn't know what was going on and apparently she lived near the place where these poor four people were killed and on her night shift she went through all the security camera videos of that night they said the murders happened sometime between like three and four in the morning on that morning and she went through all the security camera videos and she she took pictures of all the cars she screen grabbed all the cars that she saw driving on the direction which would be away from the murder scene okay get where i'm saying and yes. one of the pictures she took was of a white hyundai elantra and apparently 
that sort of made sense because when they started doing the DNA, they started, you know, you know, a bunch of people's names came up. And somehow or another, they, 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 um, they picked out this Brian Korberger guy, Koberger guy, and said, okay, let's take a look at him. And guess what kind of a car he has? He has a white Hyundai Elantra. So they're going, okay. So the story is his dad, they live in Pennsylvania. His mom and dad live in Pennsylvania. His dad flies out to Spokane, Washington. I don't know how he gets down to Pullman, <clears throat> excuse me, Pullman, Washington. But the deal is he's going to drive back to his home, the father's home, mother and father's home in Pennsylvania. So he flies out there. He meets up with his son. They get in their car. They start driving to back to Pennsylvania. Okay. And it comes out, was that Tuesday? It came out that the car got stopped twice. Got stopped twice. And the reporters contacted the the uh, whoever the official spokesperson for 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 the Indiana State Police was, and said, "Can you tell us about these traffic stops?" And the and the spokesman said, "We checked our records and we didn't pull them over. It might have been sheriff's department." Okay, so in other words, he's saying the state police had no knowledge of this, and there was nothing on their records that they pulled over. Brian Korberger and his and his father driving across Indiana, right? Then right. yesterday, the body cam video comes out. Yesterday morning, because I saw it, the body cam video comes out of a Indiana State Police uh, patrolman pulling over Korberger's car. I go like, no, hold on a minute now. The other day, the Indiana, Indiana State Police said, we don't pull him over. It wasn't us. We don't know anything about it. Yesterday, the body cam video comes out that... Yep, they pulled him over. Last night, it comes out this morning that not only did the Indiana State Police pull him over, the FBI told him to. The FBI was trailing him. And get this, the FBI contacted the Indiana State Police and said, okay, we want you to pull this car over, and we want the patrolman to make sure he's got his body camera video on because we want him to get pictures of of Brian Kohlberger's hands. Of his what? Hands. His hands. Oh, his hands. Yeah. Okay. So specifically, because remember I told you the, the, the body camera video from the state trooper, he walks up to the passenger side of the car. Brian Kohlberger is driving. His dad's sitting shotgun. And unfortunately, they don't get much of a shot because the state trooper walks up to the car and there's a brief shot of Kohlberger at the driver, you know, with him and his father, he's, he's he's behind the steering wheel. His father's in the passenger seat. The trooper's on the driver on the passenger door. There's just a brief shot because the state trooper bends over too far, and the body camera video is just of the door of the car. Okay, so oh, I see. Okay, so in other words, they, there's a brief shot of him, and he's got his hands, and you see it just for a moment, and then it comes out that not only did the FBI had the Indiana State Police pull him over, they had a sheriff's deputy me pull him over as well too. And once again, that body camera video was not usable. So here we got the FBI in cahoots with the Indiana State Police, telling them. And I don't, quite honestly, I don't have a problem with this. The problem I have is they ask the Illinois or the Indiana State Police spokesman. He says, "No, we didn't pull anybody over. We don't know anything about it." And they knew everything about it. Because they were they were contacted by the FBI, the FBI contacted, and they apparently they followed him. The FBI followed him all the way from Washington back to Pennsylvania. 
The entire time there was an FBI tail tail on him, and they contacted the Indiana State Police and said, okay, he's coming to Indiana right now. He's at mile marker, blah, 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 blah. We would like to have you execute a traffic stop. And both times with the, the, the state policeman and with the county sheriff, no ticket. They just pulled him over. And I don't even think he was speeding because at one point in time, I think the they, he says something in the in the video. He says, I didn't know I was speeding. And the other time, no, no, he didn't say that. He says, I didn't know I was pulling a Shelly. That's what he said. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's just what he said. <laughs> so, so, and and the other time he got, I can't remember Uber. if this, I can't remember if the state trooper was the speeding violation or if he was the following too close. But one time they get pulled over and they were warned about following too close. The other time they get pulled over, they were following, they were warned about speeding. It was a setup by the FBI and the state police lied about it. I'm going like, okay, now hold on a minute now. I mean, <laughs> do you believe anything anybody tells you anymore from a government? You know, see. Not anymore. See, once again, Dr. Winter, if Dr. Winter were here, Dr. Winter would say, here's the problem. The problem is the press doesn't ask the right questions because they should have they should have really dug down hard in this guy from the Indiana State Police. Okay, so uh, once again, uh, the FBI has told us they followed him all the way from from Washington. So in other words, the FBI was never in contact with you at all, ever. Nope, nope, we never heard from the FBI. That's what the guy probably would have said, and he just lied. I mean, I'm going like, how can you believe anything the government tells you anymore? Because you can't. Did <laughs> you really think that you could? Well. You know, I mean, seriously, really? The problem in our society is, and I will say, I'm not going to be an Ed Golderman and say the problem with our society is the fact we don't have the Keel Opera House, which is a whole other story. But the problem is there are very few really good journalists anymore. Most of the people sit in a room and they're retyping stuff off the internet. They're just doing stuff. And what drives me nuts now, you see this on CNN, you see this on you see this on Fox. The stories are written, they give the beginning of the story, and then they have all these little snippets in, well, on Twitter this guy said so and so, and on Twitter this guy said that's not the story. The story is not the story that, you know, that like what, you know, it's, you know, like you're reporting facts and then who cares what this Twitter troll says and who cares what this gal on Twitter says and who, who cares? That's not part of the story. God, journalism just sunk to the terrible levels, you know, and the problem with it is, do is you that feel this bad because you have a degree? I feel bad for our country. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to, you know, fly my American flag. I'm going to say because what happens is there's all sorts of backdoor stuff that happens on any level of government. I've been there, done that, seen it in person, okay? I know politicians. I've had off-the-record conversations with politicians, you know, various levels. Remember, Brian Nieves used to be on my radio station. He used to, yes, I, he I used did. to be on, on across the hall from him. I was in KSOQ. He was on the mouth, literally across the hall. He was a state rep and state senator. I'd sometimes ask him questions. Brian, you know, he says, well, this is not for public consumption. And he'd tell me stories. i go like, well, how come we don't know about that? Well, we don't tell anybody. Well, what do you mean you don't tell anybody? And to the point where I go, what if like, what if a reporter came up to you and said, uh, Brian, you know, tell me about this bill. I don't know anything about it. I go, what if you do know about it? He says, I just tell him I don't know anything about it. I go, what? You know, I mean, you know, in other words, you're telling him you're just, he says, well, there are certain things you shouldn't, you shouldn't know. Okay. 
What it's are those? Plausible deniability. <laughs> Once again, it's to the point where it's. Hold on, hold on. You know, you know what it is. What? There's one guy who can explain it all to us, and you know what that is. I think I do. What's his name? Joe. He's a DD. It's Dan Draper, and you know what he's going to say? Oh, I do. You're a non-believer. Why should we waste time on Kabuki? <laughs> yep. One of the classic quotes from Mad Men. <laughs> that was a really good flick. You know, I've never watched it. I've only You've seen, never seen Mad Men? I've only seen little clips. I've only seen the clips that are on YouTube. That's the only ones I've ever seen. That doesn't surprise me. I don't have cable. What was it on AMC or something like that? I can't no, remember. I don't know where it was at, but it wasn't on AMC. See, nowadays, nowadays, it's to the point where people go like, uh, I don't have cable anymore. I've got Hulu, and I've got Paramount Plus, and I've got Disney Plus. I'm going like, okay, how do you keep track of all that stuff? Remember back in the day when you had cable or satellite, you had this little remote, and you'd press a button, and a, and a thing would come up with the schedule, you know, like show you, oh, 8 o'clock tonight. It's blah, 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 right? Not anymore. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's to the point where I hear people all the time saying, well, I don't know where it's at. Is that on Hulu? And then they move it around. You know, sometimes it's on Hulu. Sometimes it's on Peacock. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's on Joe's Crab Shack channel. Did you ever watch that before, the Joe's Crab Shack channel? Oh, I haven't. Oh, my God, it's good. It's one of the best out there. It is? Yeah. Joe's <laughs> Crab Shack? Yeah, the gro Joe's Crab Shack channel. No. You never seen it before? No. Really? It's not a thing. Stop it. <laughs> it's Just seven, zero it. 725. It is BS.show at 730. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Together we make BS. Okay, Shelly. I have I have a man and a woman question for you. Okay? Okay. This has been, you, you know who Dana White is? You probably don't know who that is. That name sounds familiar. He's not the guy, the old guy that used to be hunt. Tigers for coffee. That's Dana, whatever his name was. You know, you know what I'm talking about? I do. <laughs> okay. Dana White is the guy who is the head dude at the UFC, the ultimate fighting championship, whatever it is. You know what I mean? The cage dudes. You know what I mean? The, I the, do. The octagon, okay, or whatever they call it. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you your opinion on this. He has been a staunch supporter of violence against women. He's told his his fighters there is no room in the UFC for violence against women. You hit a woman, you're out. Okay, you agree with that? I I don't know that he said that, but he I, did. I think that's good form. He did. He said that. He said okay. because of the fact that that are, there have been accusations that the UFC guys are violent outside of the octagon, wherever the heck it is. In other words, they're just naturally violent, and right. they beat people up, and it doesn't matter if they're men, women, you know, dogs, whatever. They kick a dog. They, you know, they pick up cats and swing them by their tails, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh -huh. I'm sorry. Anyway, so he's come out against violence to women. Okay? Okay. Last week, he was in Mexico with his wife celebrating okay um for the holidays a whole bit okay and apparently his wife and him have a little fight and okay. i mean a verbal fight Scatza. they're they're yelling back and forth at each other blah 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 and she hauls off 
and whacks him in the face. And he hauls off and whacks her in the face. And she goes down on the ground. Okay? And there's video of this. As a matter of fact, here's the story. It talks about Dana White has spoken out against domestic violence before and has said the UFC screens people for domestic violence. And he says, after NFL running back Ray Rice was charged in 2014 with assaulting his fiance. Okay, now it's going to ask me to sign up for something. Go away for a minute. Okay. Um, oh, after former NFL running back Ray Rice was charged in 2014 with assaulting his fiance, Dana White said, quote, you don't bounce back from putting your hands on a woman, according to Media Report. He says, been that way in the UFC since we started here. So in other words, he's saying zero tolerance for men hitting women if you're if you're a ufc fighter you hit a woman you're out okay okay now the video clearly shows they're having a verbal altercation this is in a bar in what cabo st lucas or something like that um yeah cabo san lucas okay they're in a nightclub and somebody's shooting the video and she just hauls off and whacks him good i mean she catches him on the left cheek she right hands him and she does like one of these roundhouse open house open hand slaps and just catches him on the face you know, on his left cheek, and he just, his head bounces back. And then he just rears back with his right hand and just hits her on the same thing. In other words, she smacks right hand to left cheek, and then he smacks right hand to her left cheek. And she goes down. I mean, she disappears from the frame. And they're, and whoever's shooting this video was like behind. There's, some, there's something in between them. So in other words, when she goes down on the ground, you can't see her anymore. She's obstructed by the furniture or a wall or something like that. Okay. How do you feel about that? Now, he didn't instigate it. She whacked him good. I mean, she got him good. I mean, really got him good. And and then he got her good. How do you feel about that? Well, I think uh, he's going to get a lot of backlash from that. Well, That's al- what I think. Already the stock, the next day after this came out, it was on TMZ, of course, and the next day it came out that the stock of the company that owns UFC was down like 6 or 7%, okay? Wow. Now, but the point being is, in the heat of passion like that, if somebody hits you, isn't your instinct to hit them back? Yeah. I mean, because... If you're already in a fight, or get a knife, one of the two, <laughs> or a gun, or know? a skillet, <laughs> right, a skillet, yeah, like in the old cartoons where I've done the, that, where the wife is whacking the husband over the head with a with a frying pan, right? You betcha. <laughs> Remember all those old cartoons like that? You can't do that anymore in the new cartoons. So, and once again, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm saying I think it's sort of human reaction. You know, I mean, yeah, but the, but you're also saying that you concur with what he did. No, 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 I don't, I don't. But 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 the point being is, it would be totally different if all of a sudden he he hauls off and whacks her. Okay, that would be absolutely positively, you know, unforgivable, dude. You're you're done. You know, you can't be running. You can't be saying to your fighters, no, we have no zero tolerance for violence against women. You can't say that and then haul off and 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 and, and strike a woman like that. You can't do it. But she whacked him first. And I'm not saying that just because she whacked him first that it's open season on her. I'm just going like, I think it's one of those physical reactions. I understand that, Brad. But, you know, those UFC people, they not only are they physical, they're more, they're also, um, you know, like spiritual, not religious, but they take, they, they like their body is a vessel. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? My body is a vessel with has leaks in it. <laughs> Mine as well, sir. But um, no. But anyway, I, you know what I'm saying. Like 
their body is, they're just, I don't know, they're more, I don't, I don't know the word well, for it, so I'm just okay. not going to speak. I've told the story before. I've been hit by a woman. Matter of fact, one of my employees. Punched in the face by one of my employees once upon a time. A lady who worked Which at- was deserved. <laughs> Thank you. But see, once again, you say you say that's okay. So it's okay for a woman to, to haul. And like, for example, she hit me, and it wasn't for the fact that I saw it coming out of the corner of my eye. She sort of sucker punched me, and I saw it coming out of the corner of my eye, and I moved just a little bit to the point where she still got me pretty good on my, on my right cheek. I my right jawbone, you know, my like my upper jawbone and my right cheek. I saw it coming. I moved it enough to the point where she didn't hit me square, but it still hurt like hell, okay? And I didn't haul off and punch her. Mainly because of the fact she was running away. <laughs> yeah. No, but but and the fact she could have taken you. But so that was okay. So in other words, you're saying in that instance it was okay. She was mad at me because something happened in the office and she was mad at me. It was okay for her to punch me. It was directed at you because of what you said to her. Because she wasn't doing her job. That was the whole problem. <laughs> the problem was... The last time I told somebody I wanted them to do my job, do their job, I got suspended. Of course, well, this no, was no, my no, no, boss. No, no. But... This was a salesperson who worked for me. It's a long, complicated story. Who used to be well, one of my best... We ba- don't need to go into it. We won't, but used to be one of my ba- best salespersons. And the problem was, I was having clients call me and saying... She doesn't. She doesn't call me to update my copy anymore because you know we we have clients on the air. We have clients on the air that are on year for a year. We have some clients that change their commercials 10, 15, 20 times in the course of a year. Right? Matter of fact, yep. you you just gave me a new commercial yesterday for um, Central County Fire from Jason Minershagen. Okay, he changes his commercial. We've got a commercial that runs till. February 14th, and he may run another commercial in addition to that. That's part of our job. Our job is to make sure that, you know, we shouldn't be playing Easter commercials in July. Hey, the Easter Bunny's here. Hey, it's July. What are we talking about the Easter Bunny for? Okay, that's part of our job. She wasn't doing her job. Clients were complaining to her. I had to sit down in my office. I essentially said, blah, blah, blah. You know, hey, we're having people complain. What's going on? No. I'm sorry. No. You know what she looked at me and she said? What? I still can't believe it. I actually recorded it. <laughs> she looked at me and she said, All we want to do is... And I went, what? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. You were having so much fun with that. <laughs> so... <laughs> and, you're, you're 12. And then, you know, what she she looked at me and, you know, what she before she punched me, you know what she said? What? She had a really deep voice. She said, The world's not a patch on our jeans. And then she punched me. <laughs> no, but but she wasn't doing her job. And not only was So it, that's a reason to to never mind. I nope. said nope. I had nope. I was having not a nice I was nope. having a nice conversation with her and it got testy. And she was like, Well, you know, I got a lot of my mind. I can't remember. You know, it's like one of those kind of things. I go, Hey, look, I got a lot of my mind. I'm trying to keep the radio station on the air. We need to keep our clients happy. Bonk, punch in the face. That's all that was said? Pretty much. Uh huh. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't. Do you think I was trying to provoke her into punching me? You think, Hey, if I say this, she's going to punch. And once again, this woman was ex army. And she had special forces training because she was, during her, her her job, during her tour of duty, she was stationed in Germany 
at a nuclear missile missile silo. She was security, and she's the kind of person that could kill you 13 different ways with her little finger, if you know what I'm saying. She had been, she was a, and she was in good shape to begin with. I mean, she was like, not the kind of person you want to mess with. Not big, probably 5'4", 5'5", 5'6", somewhere through there, but one of those little scrappy kind of people. You know what I mean? Sometimes the, the guys that you, I got, do. you got to watch out for are the guys who are like five foot six. You know what I mean? Because those, oh, yeah. those are the guys who can Absolutely. like put a whipping on you. You know what I mean? In a hurry. Yep. It's not the big buster dudes. It's the little guys and the little gals who can just ruin your day physically. You know what I'm saying? I do. So, okay. So you, you're not, you're not going to give me a definitive answer. You're going to say it's okay that she punched me. In that instance, you betcha. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. <sighs> you know, going back to my but days. the other dude slapping that woman, I can see it was an automated response, but they are they are known to have complete and control, complete control of their body and their mind. Nobody has complete control of their body or mind, ever. Nobody. There's nobody. Maybe the man upstairs okay. when he was walking the earth, you know, in Jerusalem and things like that, but not anybody that I know of. So you're telling me people have, there are times when people have absolute, po- so yesterday did you have absolute positive control of your body and your mind all day long? <laughs> this will be good. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm not even going to answer that. <laughs> so, no. so you said to yourself. That would be a hard no. Mind. I'm going to, you're doing like the, 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 you're doing, oh, can I tell you this? I shouldn't tell you this. Tell me it anyway. I don't know why this is. Every once in a while on Facebook, I get a clip of an old TV show from like the 60s and 70s. Do you ever see these things in your Facebook page? Are they um, suggesting it for you? Is somebody putting it on there? It's just somebody who puts up a clip of an old TV show from the 60s and 70s. Okay. And uh-huh. and what's interesting is usually it's sped up a little bit, so the action's a little bit fast, and the voices there a little there start talking like that. Everybody's talking like that because the the you know the 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 video's been sped up and the audio's sort of you know like is higher range. Okay, the other day, and I don't even know why I watch it that long. I, I watched this thing for like two minutes. It's a cut of a segment of the show of Kung Fu. Remember with David Carradine? Oh, yes, Remember Kung with, Fu. Yeah, Grasshopper. Where, you know, they have like yes. flashbacks, and, and they had the flashbacks where he's like being taught by his sensei or whatever. You know, like, yes. he, like and the whole deal of the show was he would be put in, he was out in the West somewhere, and he would be put in these situations where people wanted to fight him and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden they'd do the, like this misty shot of him like with his sensei, and his sensei would say, young Grasshopper, you have to understand that you are in complete control of your mind and body, unlike what Shelley says. And that's what, that's what you have to remember okay so he's having a confrontation at a bar he's sitting at a bar eating his dinner Ooh, sto- remind me of stovalls okay he's sit- sitting at a bar eating his dinner and there's a cowboy who's antagonizing him and he's calling him mr slanty eye I'm going like, wow, you couldn't do that today. You know what I mean? Uh-uh. <laughs> Mr. Slanty Eyes. I'm going like I'm going like once upon a time, this was like what you watched on TV at night. Remember, Kung Fu was like this hugely successful song. Yes, it was. <laughs> Matter of fact, hold on a minute. <laughs> David Carradine. Yeah. Hold on a minute. Hold, hold, hold on. Let me see if we can find it real quick. <laughs> and this was uh 
Uh, I don't know if I can find it quick. I need my list. I need to get a list of all this stuff I have in here. I can't you find think? it. Uh, everybody from Kung Fu fighting. His, his punches were fast as lighting. Was it? Was I can't. Is Oh, is this? Hold it. Is this it? Hold on a minute. Is this it? No, that's Candyman. That's not it. Big difference. Where is it? Is this it? No, that's not it. Uh, that's not it. It's is this is well, this it? Oh no, that's Michael Jackson. Maybe is this it? Hold on, is this it? No, that's not it. I gotta find it, Shelly. Gonna drive me nuts. It's gonna drive me nuts. Like your prostate? <laughs> right. Oh, hold on. Was it this it? No, that's Jake Owen. Hold on. Oh no, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Yes. Oh. Oh. Sensei. You know how old this song is? Guess the year on this song. It's probably about 50 years old. Uh, you are pretty close. I think this is 72. Let me look here, Holman. Yes! How fast Ooh. were their punches? <laughs> okay, enough of that. Okay, hold on. Let me go here. Kung Fu fighting... Someone just texted me. 74. <laughs> so 74 would be 48 years old. Is that right? Is that right? 48? 74? Yeah, 70, I don't know. 70 to 20 to 2020 would be 50 years. So 74 to, to uh, 2022. Yeah, 48 years. 48 years ago. God. And I'm sitting there watching, thinking to myself, how in the world? I mean, you couldn't do this anymore. If someone came out with a story and the, and the guys were calling him Mr. Mr. Slanty Eyes, and not only that, David, David, to me, David Carradine never looked like he was Chinese. No, you know I mean? he never did. I mean, you know, now, see, that's the other thing. Nowadays, you know, they get in trouble. You remember how, how all the actors quit uh, all the different shows because of the fact that they were like white people playing black people? Remember what's, who was, yep. who was Frank? Indian people. Hank Azaria stopped doing the Apu voice on on uh, on uh, the Simpsons because he said that was racially stereotyping. I'm going like, okay, guess what? You're an actor. That's what you get paid to do to pretend you're somebody else, right? Isn't that a definition of an actor and actress? If you yeah. if you hire an actor, you say, here's the script. If you you know if you hire Brad Pitt and you br- hire George Clooney, you hire George Clooney to be an ex-con. Okay, is George Clooney an ex-con? No, he's not. Is Brad Pitt, you know, you know the little stupid thing about about Ocean's Eleven with with Clooney and 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 Brad Pitt? What? No. In every scene in the movie, Brad Pitt is eating something. Did, huh. you, know, did you know this? Uh-uh. Every scene, he's got something in his mouth. He's, he's chewing on something. He's eating a sandwich or he's eating something. Every scene. Every single scene. That's like inside joke of that movie. And supposedly in Ocean's 12 or whatever it is, in every scene, he's drinking something. He's always got like a glass in his hand. So now you're going to go back and watch those tonight. You're, you know I am. <laughs> you're going to report back. You're not right. That's not right. He wasn't always drinking something. <laughs> what was that again? Nope. <laughs> You've already got one. Move on. What was that again? Nope. I think it was. I think it was something like. All we want to do is. <laughs> See now, why would you want to replace that gem? <laughs> I, I would never want to replace that gem. That, that's one of my favorites. Uh huh. 
Okay, we have to take a break. It is 7.47. Break. It is BS.show. That is, is that Chris Brown on that? I think that is. That's uh, Pitbull and Chris Brown. You ever seen that video before, Shelly? You know, I'm the I vid- have not. I'm the video king. No. It's a takeoff on Miami Vice. It has the same uh-huh. vibe. They both, Chris Brown and, and Pitbull. Do they wear socks? No, they do not. Shoulder pads? <laughs> it's funny you should mention it. They do not wear socks. They both show up like Ferraris and Lamborghinis, and they show up to some place in Miami. Uh, they're like you, they're like supposedly private detectives or undercover cops and stuff like that, and they're trying to arrest, guess who, a very attractive woman. And what happens? Spoiler alert. When Chris Brown gets in this room alone with this woman and tries to you know, seduce her and put the handcuffs on her, guess what happens? What? He ends up being handcuffed to the bed. <laughs> Mm. No, hold to the chair. That's about right. She, she handcuffs him to the chair. So Good for you, girl. You yeah, go. Right. Go, girl. You right. do you, boo. Yeah, that didn't go well for him. So uh-uh. <laughs> Anyway, okay. Uh, it's 7.54. Have we caused enough problems this morning? Have I gone through my whole list of stuff? The smartest I'm woman. I'm sure you probably forgot a couple things, but you can probably do them tomorrow. The smartest woman in the world reminded me that I couldn't think of the coffee guy. It's Dana Brown. Dana White is the UFC guy. Dana Brown was the coffee guy. Remember, he, he'd get on TV, I traveled around the world and shot 14 tigers to get my Dana Brown coffee. Remember that? I don't remember that. No, but it was that it was it was saf- over today. It was safari coffee. Yeah, well, you're exactly right. Once again, uh, and matter of fact, the smartest woman in the world knew the woman who punched me, and this is what she said. Quote, that was an amazing punch. So in other words, it's okay. Women can say, oh, yeah, we, that, he was, she was totally justified by punching Brad. But yet, if I would have punched her, I'd be in jail right now, right? Rightfully so. <laughs> right, but it's okay. See, once again, going back to my thing for the police department, we had one guy, one guy that would come into the police department from time to time. True story. Remember, I used to be a dispatcher. I don't know if I told you that or not. Um, did I ever tell you that? You hadn't, but actually you had, but it's been a while. So I kind of almost forgot that that was in your journey. But thank you for reminding me. They would have, they would respond to a domestic call at this one address. And one night they brought in the dude. Normally they would just talk it out and a whole bit like they separate them. And, they'd, and one night they brought in the dude who they wanted to interview away from his wife. He was married, and they brought him into the squad room, and they sat him down, and they had me come in as a witness. Sometimes I'd witness this stuff because they, you know, they would say, "Well, he, he, you know, I, they just have another guy there," you know, like stuff like that. Okay, and this guy was bruised on his face. Actually, when they brought him to the squad room, I believe he was bleeding from his lip and stuff like that. And they asked him what happened to him, and he said he fell down. And where they're heading with this was he was a victim of spousal abuse, abuse, but yet it wasn't him. It was his wife who was beating the crap out of him. But he, Yeah, I've heard of that before. But he wouldn't admit it. Most people don't when they're in an abusive situation. They were trying to get him away from his wife. That's where they brought him and they put him in the squad car. Didn't put him in handcuffs, just brought him into the squad car, set him down, got him a cup of coffee, just try to relax the dude. And they were trying to arrest her but he would not admit that he was getting the living stuffings kicked out of him by his wife. And I'm going like, God, that was, I mean, once again, I'm a young guy at the time. I'm like 18, 19 years old. I go like, 
women beat up men? <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, I mean, I came from a very... Everything that goes on nowadays went on back then. It's just that people didn't talk about it. Well, but, and I, it, to me, I'm going like, okay, why did you bring him in? And the one lieutenant who was, you know, very, you know, he this guy was wise beyond all my young years at that point in time. He said something to the effect that, hey, if you're a real man, you'll never admit that your wife beat you up. And I went, huh? <laughs> and, he says, <laughs> and he says, men will never, uh, he's a real man will never fess up to the fact that his wife and or girlfriend or whatever, significant other we'd call him now, an SO plus one, whatever the, the jargon is, would never admit that his wife beat him up because that is not being a manly man. Manly man. <laughs> so I'm going like, okay, I'm going to college. I will learn more at night working for the police department than I do during the day, you know? And once again, the smartest woman in the world's on my case about the story I told earlier about the Indiana State Police saying, oh, we don't know anything about the, the, the our officers. Well, we, don't, we, we didn't do it. We didn't pull anybody over. They knew exactly what was going on. I used to type the reports at night. I used to type the reports. And and then the next day, they would be they would come back to me redacted. Be, I was gonna say, was everything blacked out? Yeah, they, no, they would just, they would just, the the chief or the or the shift supervisor would go through and no scratch this, scratches. I they'd be in my re. We had a type and a retype bin, you know, back in the day. We had a, you know, the type, the 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 typing bin was the officers would would back in the day they would write out the reports in longhand, you know, on a like a, a an NCR form, it, like you know, like had three, you know, a top sheet and a pink and a and a yellow sheet below it, uh, and uh-huh. they would they would type, we, they'd put that in our box. And we'd type it on the night shift because I worked the night shift. And then the next night, I'd come in and sometimes the reports I had typed had been put back in or they put in the retype bin where there was redactions in it. And and I had to retype the report because they didn't want the redactions. And a lot of times it was stuff. You're going like, well, this changes the whole thing. You know what I mean? It changes what happened. And I would, I would say to some of the officers, I'd say, okay, explain to me. Oh, it's just the way things are. I go, what do you mean it's the way things are? Well, the department doesn't want certain things to get out, so we redact stuff. And some of the times, if it went back to the officer, he refused to sign it because he would say that's not what happened. The ship supervisor would sign it, or the captain would sign it, or sometimes the chief would sign it. And that was how it was reported, and it wasn't reported correctly. So another thing about redaction yeah. is um, it's 7.59. Right, I know that. Oh, okay. And I just redacted 7.58, so that means we have to go. Say goodbye, Shelley. Goodbye, Shelly. Have a great day, everybody. Peace and I fly. I'll talk to you on Monday, 7.59. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.